date someone that speaks the language. I mean, what is it? It's like love can be one of the biggest motivators. And if you are able to find someone that speaks another language, then, you know, for example, for my mom, it's super cute. My dad, he spoke English and Spanish, and then my mom spoke Portuguese and English. So the way that they would communicate was broken English. And then when they got to know each other a little bit more, then eventually they graduated to, okay, I'm going to teach you Spanish. You'll teach me Portuguese. So they both became fluent in either language. And now they only communicate in Portuguese and English, which is funny. My dad's Spanish totally got kicked out of the door, <laughs> which is funny because even when I hear him speak, because I used to think he was fluent in Portuguese. I used to think he is, can't dismiss that, but he mixes Spanish and Portuguese. We'll be talking. And then, so for example, in Portuguese, you'll say like, um, um, Eu também não, eu, eu acho que não, like, or I also don't think so, like, eu também acho que não. Like, in Spanish, that would be like, eu tampoco. So what he does is he mixes it and he's like, eu tampoco. I'm like, <laughs> dad. Or like, in Spanish, entonces, and is então, which means, so. My dad will be speaking Portuguese. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, eu estava com sua mãe em you know so it's like oh i was with your mom so in spanish i decided to go out or something which is hilarious because me knowing both languages i just see it and it's interesting because my mom doesn't make the same mistakes when she speaks spanish uh, but i noticed that they make similar mistakes in english like my dad and mom really it's difficult for them on and in because in, in that, their language, it's basically the same thing. It's, they use the same word. So my dad, there's been moments where we'll be like, okay, get on the car. We're going. I'm like, what? <laughs> get on top <laughs> of the car? <laughs> They'll be like, yeah, just put, put gas on the car. I'm like, that's not safe. Or, oh, what's one of my favorites? Oh, there's just, there's too many. There's too many, or like they'll forget the. They'll say, yeah, go in trees, not go in the bushes or go in the trees or whatever. They'll they'll forget it. And um, yeah, I never really picked up on it until I left home. And then I realized, like, oh wow, like these are small little things. But I mean, and I think that's why, like, I mean, I tease them and stuff, but that's it's a place of love, you know. But I think some people when they hear someone has an accent, their immediate reaction is to make fun of them. But, you know, somebody that has an accent, it means that they're equipped with two languages or maybe three, four, who knows? So I, I don't really think it's fair to tease someone if they have an accent because it means that they're a polyglot or that they're bilingual. And I mean, that means that their mastery is not just in one language, it's in several. And although I, I tease my parents, they tease me too. So <laughs> it's from a different place. But yeah, so I think that's really being a polyglot has really taught me to, you know, be kind and, and gentle when someone's learning another language, because you're putting yourself out there. And, you know, if you have an accent, so be it.
Yeah, I I think, and also I think if anyone makes fun of an accent, I think it's kind of rooted in um, like kind of like disrespect in the sense that if if you make a comment in the negative sense that someone has an accent, like you think it's a bad thing, then you're assuming that you're the way you're speaking the language is the best one, and you're it's essentially like othering the person, right? Um, but yeah, like. I would way rather be able to speak multiple languages, but have accents in some of the languages because of like, I feel like being able to speak multiple languages is becoming like more and more important and like more of like an asset. Like I see it more in job descriptions and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and and it, and when you were explaining how your dad was mixing Spanish and Portuguese, I'm curious because it sounds like the way he like, learned languages was I guess like I know I it almost sounded like it was like translation almost between the two that maybe like an output got mixed up you know like it didn't complete the translation <laughs> to Portuguese and so Spanish would come out you know um and I'm curious like Gabby like in your mind when you're speaking these multiple languages does it in your mind feel like you're translating between certain languages or are they kind of like separate boxes for you that like when you're going to speak Spanish you just like go to the Spanish box and you're like speaking Spanish or like are you translating between any languages that's a good question I've thought of this before as well because I'm curious they say you're fully fluent in a language if you dream in it and I actually have had dreams in Portuguese and Spanish and I think the reason is because I started learning these languages since birth and I had to take ESL classes as well. <laughs> oh, so great. Going to first grade. I was so excited. Couldn't speak English. And I fooled everyone because I had trained myself to just look at the photos. And when the prof would come, the prof, the teacher would come and ask me, oh, what are you reading? Can you please read what's going or like read this for me? And I would just describe what was going on in the pictures. And the teacher was just like, okay, she's got it. But then when they did a little bit of digging, they're like, this girl does not speak English. <laughs> so eventually they brought my mom into a teacher, parent teacher conference meeting, whatever. And they made an uneducated assessment. And they said, your daughter needs to go to the doctor. I think she has a learning disability. And my mom was like, hold on, whoa. How about we, we go back a little bit? Did you ask if she speaks any other languages? And they said, oh, she does? And they're like, yeah, she speaks Spanish and Portuguese at home. We didn't really teach English at home. We tried, but we really wanted her to get the other two first. And they're like, oh, okay, well, in that case, she'll just have to take ESL for however long it takes. And then she'll be at level, hopefully, with the rest. Took me six months. I was reading boxcar children like everybody else. So take that. And it's just, it's shocking, right? Because you'd think, and this was what? 20, no, not even. This was... 18 years ago about that this happened and it's sad because this still happens like there's still this like oh we're in the united states you should only speak english 
sentiment and it's sad like if you were to speak your own native language it's like kind of seen as like oh, immigrants like foreigners which is no it shouldn't be this way like you know it's not the 1800s anymore you know like england is long gone you know like there it's not like we're in a kingdom anymore or whatever like all this well even before just kidding i took us history but yeah i guess for me what just because i'm rambling now just to go back to the original point <laughs> I think it was really the fact that it was my parents that really pushed for it. So I do have it compartmentalized in the beginning. It was like a mix, but now I've had, you know, 20 plus years to really finesse each one. And I do mix them sometimes, but I feel like if I were to see like my brain, I see it as like, there's these little cabinets and filing different files. So I have a Spanish file and then I have a Portuguese file and a French file. They're close together, but they're in their separate folders. So I can just like, kind of just like, you know, like, and I can like pull one out and uh, just look at it and say like, okay, so this is how you say this and that. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. No, it does. It, I always find it kind of fascinating because I, I don't understand the brain stuff that goes on when you're learning like multiple languages and languages in general and also like your whole situation as a kid I think it's because you look visibly white essentially and so they made an assumption that like oh Gabby doesn't speak English so and she's white must mean learning disability which I don't know why like you're not a doctor <laughs> why are you making these uh conclusions <laughs> like off the bat yeah that can really yeah. like also like negatively impact you. Like if you did get classified that way, got moved to a different class, like did all these things like. Definitely. So I'm glad that my mom stepped in and I mean, yeah, I think a large part of it was because I am visibly lighter and that is because of my mom's side. Like my dad, I, I think they would have, like if he would have been in that situation, he is darker skinned. So they would have probably profiled and been like, oh, another Latino that doesn't speak English which that's both either side. It's not, it's negative. It's not, we shouldn't make judgments right off the bat. Right. So um, I was definitely fortunate in that my mom was my little advocate, my, my lawyer back then. And she was like, uh-uh. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's like, even like with my, my last name, you know, like, I guess if you say my name like Gabby, yeah, I guess that's like, okay, no, she's just like a typical Canadian or typical American. But it's like, if you look at my last name, that's when it's like, oh, okay, like what's going on here? What happened here? And <laughs> like, what, what happened? Um, and uh, that's when you, you see more like, oh, where's your family from? Da, 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 you know, but um, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting growing up with that. And I don't know. I don't think my sister had the similar experience because she spoke English fluently. Like, I think because I was the first one. So uh, not saying that she had it easier, but at times I felt like she, she just didn't have to like push for things as much like to get a cell phone. When I got a cell phone in high school, I had to wait. My sister got a cell phone and she was still in middle school and I was pissed. <laughs> like I do like, aspects of the Kardashians but like another aspect I'm just like it's just so wrong on every level like there's just so many issues there like just the fact that they profit off of like certain features where women are actually like discriminated against for like black women 
it's like, okay, so they can have big butts, big, big, whatever, big assets and lips and plastic surgery, and they're applauded for it. But black women, they're like discriminated against for it. Or when they do cornrows, it's cool. But when black women do it, it's like, how dare you? That's so unprofessional. Or creating a brand like Kimono. That? Oh, angry for me like even personally like because I just really enjoy the culture I'm like am I like culturally appropriating by wanting to like wear a kimono or Japanese-esque clothes like that's what I think right whereas I feel like for these other people it's like didn't even cross their mind it's just like oh this is a very cool word like let's use this word no I think for some people it's a privileged thing you know it's like kind of take things that you like and just like roll with it where it's like okay, there is ways where you can like, not take advantage, but like where you can experience those things without appropriating it, you know? And I think like, you know, by visiting a certain place and like going to local places and like investing and like, not not those like, you know, just for profit, like not really assisting the local community then that's where it's like kind of like mm, but if it's like actually you're in the local community you're like making an effort by learning the language and by like really engaging I think then that makes it better and it's not so much appropriation anymore but yeah like it's like for me like I would never do certain things that it's like I've seen like tiktokers and whatever do and I'm just like what was it the German um the memorial for the uh for the uh, the holocaust memorial and there was people like taking like selfies and like photos and it's like that's extremely disrespectful and like just the kinds of things that people do i'm like what like have you no decency have you no history book that you can just prop open and just be like hmm. oh yeah oh this happened here maybe i shouldn't do that you know I was actually there like last year and just like people like tourists like coming in like teenagers and whatnot screaming around trying to take aesthetic photos and I'm like are you serious like anywhere but here right like if you really take the time to understand the history and just like show some respect I don't know I just yeah it really irritates me when I see that happen during traveling because like a you're not from here like you should respect the local community and be like why are you visiting a place that you're not going to respect it just doesn't really make sense to me like you're just traveling to get I don't know nice photos like to me it's just yeah can't really understand I was actually thinking about recently like the kanji thing I don't know if you've seen like the kanji (laughs) like there's this like I think they're from the UK I don't know it's a bunch of white ladies trying to like colonize kanji like you know something that's like such a big part of Asian cuisine like comfort food and they're like adding weird things and like goji like goji berries and chia seeds and making it like better for the western palate like easier to eat I'm just like man yeah it's been such a meme and like just seeing how even food like something that's like you know part of every day and just like so, so embedded in cultures like is also being like taken out like culturally appropriated for profit and stuff and just like the ignorance that goes into that it's like 
taking something that's like in another culture that you're not a part of and improving it just based on what you think is best or better for the western palette I just think it's ridiculous but I was just reminded of that also because I would not want to eat congee with chia seeds and weird things in it like that like no thank you Uh, that's so interesting you bring that up because I actually saw a video the other day where um, this guy, amazing guy, he basically was like, okay, this ramen soup, it's actually like filled with good nutrients. You know, you have your mushrooms, you have your broth, you have your, your noodles, you have your protein, whatever, you know, like it's really balanced, but you know, in the Western culture, it's like, they kind of, they always like say, oh no, you need to be eating salads or like more Western foods. Those are healthier. Right. But it's like, not necessarily like rice has some really great components in it and a lot of good nutrients. Like, I mean, rice water, for example, you can like put it in your hair and it's like incredible. So just like when he was talking about it, he's like, you know, after a really good workout, I just have this ramen soup and I just feel really full and satisfied after. And so it's even that aspect of it. It's like, you know, it's not that like one is healthier than the other. I think each like culture has like their food groups that are like their plates that are healthier than others, you know? And that's just happens, you know, like for example, like American food, there are certain dishes that are healthier than others. It doesn't mean that the whole thing, it's like, just throw it out. I think you should have the same lens with like every culture really. Because I think also like health and nutrition really vary by like culture and like the recommendations that come out, I feel like are like, it's like research, but also like Western research, if that makes sense. Like for me, I'm basically a person that like really can't consume that much like protein. Otherwise, like my body actually like doesn't process it and I actually like get sick. But for me, I'm the person that needs like so much carbs compared to like other people who like can't really eat it that much and I'm like no I need like the carbs <laughs> right because like and also like I really like vegetables because if you google any like Vietnamese food so many greens like in there just like naturally and so I'm so used to having like a bowl of rice with like quite a bit of like vegetables and like not that much protein like that's why I don't think I could ever eat like a steak by itself because I'm like no I need like a I need like a carb and then I need a bunch of vegetables to like pair with it. And then maybe like a side, a small bit of like meat is fine or whatever. But I'm also usually like vegetarian. Like I'm only um, like not vegetarian when my parents visit um, just because also like meat is expensive. (laughs) Um, But also because I want to be more plant-based considering, you know, climate change and all that stuff as well. Um, And also I'm just like not, I don't really love, like I could live without most meat and stuff. I love that because I'm vegan. So that's like, I have little hard eyes right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Rachel, are you also vegan? It's okay if you're not, but it'd be really cool. I'm pescatarian, but yeah, so like I feel like. (laughs) You're in a room with LFS people, you know, you're in a room with LFS That's so true. So true. I mean, yeah, you we're all kind of making our impact in a different way, right? That's so awesome. (gasps) Oh yeah, I definitely would like to be plant like more plant-based, like moving forward. I think it's just really hard when I'm living with family and you know, my mom usually cooks, so can't complain. But I think in the future, definitely like again, like going back to recognizing that 
even though collective action is very important and like it's what makes change like individual action also impacts and like it's what I can do right so and it's really fun I feel like exploring different ways of especially like now there's so many like weird not weird like weird in a good way like weird new vegan things coming out like so excited to like try everything and also lactose and me just not friends so I feel like whenever there are alternatives I'm like yeah let's do it um yeah yeah I've been a soy milk person like solely for like five years now haven't actually had dairy except like ice cream I guess but like yeah just because like I don't know you you would like you know you do that thing where your parents tell you like drink a glass of like milk in the morning like in high school and then I would just get a stomach ache and I'm like no (laughs) yeah no I definitely I grew up with that as well like and my family in Brazil they have a farm and they I remember growing up like because I would go and visit a lot and it was all about milk and the cows And I even did milk the cows at one point. So it was very like, you know, it was ingrained and like me growing up and like, you know, milk from the cows, it's good for you. You get strong and healthy. And, you know, also like huge meat eating uh, community. Like my mom loves meat, my dad as well. And then I became vegan. (laughs) It just, whenever I go home to visit and also when I go to Brazil, um, it's just this whole, like, I'm so different. I don't eat butter. I don't eat cheese. I don't eat like steak or chicken or fish or like literally just give me a plant. And they laugh at me and they're like, do you want some grass? Like, I'm like, no, there's so many amazing foods. Like even like traditional foods that you can kind of like make your own vegan twist, which is really great. And some foods, like I love Korean and Japanese food probably and Vietnamese, honestly, I would be so happy. Just like send me off, give me like $10,000 and let me be there for like two months. And let me just visit with my mouth. Like, let me just visit these different restaurants and these different places. And I want to taste Asia, like Southeast or South West, Southeast, Southeast Asia. I want to just because I love it. And there's so many, there actually are a lot of vegan options. You just have to know certain words, right? Like no fish, broth, no shrimp, right? Yeah, that was like the one thing in Korea when I went uh, in nature, I know how to say no meat, please. Because a lot of dishes, it's just like an additional thing that they add. So it's actually quite easy to just have it removed. Um, and there are also like, I guess because of Buddhism, there's so many options that are inherently just like plant-based. And when you go to places like that, I feel like it's really fun to like see like the variety of things that you can do with just like plants. I don't know. And it's delicious, it's fun and it's healthy. Like I think, yeah, it was really fun for me to try out like vegan Korean food when I was in Korea. And there were so many options. It's like a menu, I'm like, oh no, why do I have so many choices? But just finding places like that, yeah. Definitely. I love it. I love Korean food. I think that's probably one of my favorites, like kimchi as well. Like I die for kimchi. You can put it on anything. Like I, at one point, this was weird, but I was like, this mac and cheese could really add a little something on it. I put kimchi kimchi. it changed my life on salad, everything like kimchi. You just feel cleansed after you know? Yeah, it like lightens up the dish. 
especially with something like mac and cheese that's like kind of rich and creamy you balance that out with like some acidity it's like so good oh I love it and Vietnamese food too like I love pho I love uh like I don't know what the name of the dish is but it's it's incredible it's just like this nice like noodle dish like very thin vermicelli and then like tofu and you have your like fresh uh carrots and cucumbers shredded and everything and then like a very nice sauce it's kind of sweet and it's just you feel like you're on cloud nine after you finish that dish like I don't feel gross after I feel like a new woman you know like I really really like these dishes Asian food like Southeast Asian is probably my favorite yeah you don't feel as like as like tired as like if you ate like a pizza like it's just different right because it's not it's not really oily in the same way if that makes sense you know like it's not as heavy I guess but it is still a lot of carbs if you look at it nutritionally or whatever but like you just never get tired of eating it yeah oh ah, no so good so good I'm probably gonna have a Korean or Vietnamese or Japanese food after I want to get to know more Chinese food to be honest like I have not tried too many Rachel can give you recommendations yeah so much diversity within China because like we have like different provinces right and also different regions and the flavor I guess palettes and stuff are totally different so like where I'm from like the Cantonese speaking region we have like pretty light dishes a lot of things are like steamed um stir fried just like very light in terms of flavor it's almost like kind of bland but then we have like places like Sichuan where it's like spicy like everything is like red because they just love spicy food and then we have like I guess like Shanghainese region which is like sweeter and like saltier it's just like there's so so much variety that like I don't even think I know like all of Chinese food I only know what I've tried so far but yeah there's yeah, a lot to explore I love food I and love food. another episode <laughs> Yeah, dim sum is uh, which region or is it all China? I think now you can find it like everywhere, but it's from like Southern China. So where I'm from. Oh! You go every day, like when you're in China, I feel like it's it's just breakfast. It is a breakfast, yeah. No, and I remember there's one place in in Richmond. It's called Fisherman's Market. One of the best. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've ever had in my life. And I was pescatarian at that point. So I had everything. It was amazing. Yeah, there's some really nice, like, vegan dim sum places in Vancouver that, like, me and my friends, like, LFS friends, we love going. (laughs) 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 We're Asian and we like plant-based. So it's just, yeah, it's really nice when there are opportunities to kind of try, like, plant-based versions of like what's familiar like comfort food from your culture I think it's really nice that there are more options like that now oh yeah I love it I even in Ottawa like there's more and more options coming out and um yeah I definitely miss that aspect of Vancouver like the food scene is so good like there's so many places to eat especially Asian food and um there's not as much I think it's here it's more like Middle Eastern um, there's more Middle Eastern restaurants, uh, so it's you can't find as many good Asian restaurants, but they're still here. So, and I'm still discovering the city too. But I remember in Vancouver, it was like every corner, it's like this little nice restaurant. 
oh, I have to go and visit again. I want to do that at least once a year. And then you should let me know when you're in town. Yay! And actually hang out. Because I didn't know you came back. <laughs> I, honestly, because I live in Washington State. So it was me going to the airport. My aunt drive me across to the U.S. That was it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I didn't even technically stay in Vancouver. Uh, well, I didn't really tell anyone. But yeah, yeah. No, it's more like official and like, you know, I'm here for like in Vancouver. Yeah, for I sure. totally want to try the vegan dim someplace. I've never actually tried. And now Rachel knows. All the best. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> I, I don't know what it would be. It's just, it's just like things you know like veganized (laughs) you have the bows you have like the steamed dumplings you have like all the different dishes but it's actually really creative and I think it's really fun too I'm like oh Oh, vegan drip like and then you try like oh the texture oh interesting it's like different it like definitely isn't like you know 100% what it really tastes like but it's still good like it's Mm -hmm. food eat it and it's like I think it's just the experience and the people you're with. I wish my family was more open to trying like oh. veganized, like traditional foods, but, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I really appreciate that there's like growing interest in that. The more research and development in that area, I feel like it'll just bring people who may be hesitant because they like, you know, have meat as a staple to actually try and like any amount that I feel like we can reduce and like, you know trick people into eating more plant-based I feel like it's a good opportunity yeah that's how we make people fall in love with it it's through their stomachs right yeah so that's how we s- seduce people into it 